Welcome to the Kingdom ROI Return on Intention Show. I'm your host, Eric L. Donovan, the Kingdom ROI Strategist. Families and businesses hire me to create, grow, and protect generational wealth by discovering that what they do in their family's living room matters more than what they do in their boardroom or advisor's conference room. On this show, I'm here to tell the stories of families and business owners who recognize that they didn't have a growth problem, they had a relationship and priority problem. We'll hear stories and the journey these families who recognize that business and financial growth weren't what mattered. They know that their relationships and priorities is what's going to determine their outcomes. So stick around to hear the hardships they've faced, the lessons they've learned, and the wisdom they wish they would have known along the way. Each story captures the blessings and the struggles of pursuing return on intention instead of return on investment. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the next 40 minutes where we take the world's broken mindsets and systems and turn them upside down. I want to welcome all of our listeners to episode 81 of the Redefining Success podcast, now known as the Kingdom Return on Intention, Kingdom ROI podcast. My name is Chris, and I have the privilege of being a co-host, so you'll be hearing from me every now and again. And I'm excited today because we have our host, Eric Donovan, and his beautiful bride, Angel, on the show with us today. What's up, guys? Say hello to everybody. Hey, hello. Glad to be here. Hello. (laughs) Yeah, so we're so glad to have you. And I'm excited just to hear about the journey. So we've been on the journey with podcasting. That's why this is episode 81, but also episode one. Episode one, yeah. And then you guys have been on a journey with marriage, with family, with business, and we're looking forward to diving deeper into that. So just tell us a little bit about this podcast journey, Eric, (laughs) that we've been on the past year Year and yeah, a half. year, year and a half. Um, I've always um, enjoyed telling stories and capturing stories from other people. Um, but the idea of the podcast was redefining success. And this idea, and we'll talk a little bit about that today, that what we've learned on our journey is that what the world tells us success is isn't what success is. That's actually kind of turned on its head. And there's different things that we've learned with mistakes we've made and lessons we've learned along the way. God has shown up every single point. And when we had done the podcast before, it was good, but really we wanted more vulnerable stories. We wanted people to come in and really tell us like, where did you mess up? Where do you wish you would have done better? What do you wish you would have known? And so I thought, what a better way than for us to come in and we'll be an example in one sense, but also get to tell the story and the journey that we've been on um, for the last almost 30 years, I would imagine. We'll be married 27 years this Christmas. but almost 30 years of journey. So Wow. And I have a little inside behind the scenes look at what, what's coming up with the Kingdom ROI podcast. And it's so exciting because we're getting tighter with who we choose yep. to be guests. And these people, these individuals who are business owners, they're willing to share the pitfalls, the successes, yeah. the victories, the failures, yeah. and how they've changed their definition of success along the way. So Let's dive into your story okay? as business owner. So where did this start? Where did this return on intention journey start? And what does that mean to the both of you? Well, I'll, I'll start and then I'll let Angel put in. I, I was raised in a small town in West Texas. Um, the, my dad was a veterinarian. My mom stayed at home. 
uh, short story is um, my parents were separated and then my mom had been separated for about a year and a half and then my mom passed away. So we buried my mom the day before my freshman year of high school. Um, then by my senior year, all the financial stuff catches up with my dad and um, he files bankruptcy. We moved out of the house that I grew up in two months before I started high school. Um, I mean, before I graduated high school. Then we went off to college. I met a, I met Angel during my senior year. Um, I'll let her tell her version of the story, but I mean, we met and we connected and we got married and everything looks good. But the one thing that stayed with me the whole time that becomes part of this journey is this passion to be wealthy, to be rich, because I thought that if I had more money, it would have solved the problems that we wouldn't have filed bankruptcy. We wouldn't, I had this misbelief and this misidea that all we need, that wealth would have solved all the problems that happen. And so that really kind of brings us, I think we can start telling you more of the story of kind of how we started to uncover this and discover this because it was in the chasing of being rich and being miserable inside of that. And then an opportunity in a Bible study we walked into together that really changed things. So I'll kind of let Angel bring you up to speed on that because I think from there, then we're going to have a lot of fun just kind of going back and forth with how God begins to weave this story together. Yes. So um, I wasn't real comfortable with Eric's desire to be rich. Um <laughs> Like, at all. Like, I didn't think that should be the driving goal of somebody's life. So, um, anyway, despite that, poor Eric, you know, he he had good intentions. And, you know, he would get the Rob Report magazine, and he would, like, you know, cut out pictures of yachts and have, like, a dream book and... Is this shocking? No, see, it's not, is it? I haven't heard this part, so that's why I'm glad you're here. Okay, so, but the point is, is his goal was 100% to be rich. And this was not what I was really interested in. I was more interested in relationship. I was interested in raising kids to not want to be rich. (laughs) And um, so this wasn't one that like, you know, you think this is a part of him that I have to pray over because I can't change this. I can't change his, his, as my kids would say, tragic backstory. (laughs) Um, I can't change all of that. All I can do is is pray, hopefully, some contentment into hmm. existence. And um, so when we got married, we moved five times in two years, we like did. to different states. And I would tell you this is not something I would recommend for the status of your marriage or your tax account or anything. Um, but... We, the first move we made, we lived in Lubbock, and we went to this little couple's Bible story in Bacon Heights Baptist Church in Lubbock, <laughs> Texas, and um, we were talking about tithing, and they said, you know what we do? We write our tithe check first, and we always write, thank you, God, on the four line mm. every time. So I was like, oh, that's what we're going to do. <laughs> so, and Eric was like, Amenable. So mm-hmm. that's what we always did. And um, so we had this connection, this gratitude connection to generosity, which for us, I believe, is a huge part mm. of our story. And it continued as we um, moved multiple more times to California. Then we ended up in Arizona at a wonderful church, Central Christian Church in Mesa. And there we started a Bible study, a Dave Ramsey Financial Peace Study. So, so I have to ask this, you know, so the, the title of the show is Kingdom ROI. 
And let's be honest, when you first heard that all of our listeners, the first thing you thought was kingdom return on investment. Yeah. Your ears kind of perked up like, yeah, that's what I want to listen to. But it's kingdom return on intention. So I want to ask you this. Whenever you were pers- in pursuit of that return on investment, mm-hmm. what were some of the, the pitfalls and struggles that came with that mindset? You know, it's for our listeners, somebody maybe say, what's wrong with wanting more money? You know, is does it really cause an issue? Does that really hurt anything? Well, I mean, it just put my focus in the wrong place. And I think what I, I don't know that I could have told you that I knew what was wrong with it in the middle of it. Mm. Okay. So I, looking back, I can go, man, I was miserable. Like, cause I was, it was the only, it's like my sole focus. It was the only thing I could focus on. And so it almost became, um, like handcuffs or something like that. It's the only, only thing you could focus on. And all I can tell you is, and this is kind of the message that we constantly give to people about return on intention is that return on intention is like, actually it's more peaceful. It's like more relaxing. It's like how oh, this it's like Jesus said, his yoke is easy, right? I mean, it's so much easier. And so we can go after and we can chase return on investment. But as we started uncovering more of these return on intention principles, it was really about the idea that, wow, this is a whole lot easier um, I don't have to work as hard. I, that may not be the right word, but I mean, it just, it, I don't have another word or that, which we had the easy button here, right? It just, it feels easy. <laughs> right, right. It doesn't mean it's not without conflict. Let's be really, really clear. It doesn't mean it's not without hardship, but it doesn't feel as burdensome. So tell us more about when did that mindset change? When did you go from the mindset of pursuing higher return on investment and making more money? Like what was that catalytic moment well, that started I'll tell you, you on what this it was return on journey? So we start this Bible study, which was Crown's financial study. We uh, eventually went into Dave Ramsey, but we started right. we started with Crown. And the only reason I say that is because they put such an emphasis in the first two lessons. This is why it sticks out to me. And the first lesson was about the idea that you don't own anything. God owns everything. And so as a guy who's pursuing getting rich, it was like, what? <laughs> you know, okay, I don't own anything. Okay, so that was the first lesson. And they were like kind of stickly. You had to memorize Bible verses. You couldn't participate in the class if you didn't memorize the Bible verse. I mean, mm-hmm. it was they, there were a lot of rules around how you came into that this. That was a great study. <laughs> and then lesson number two was on contentment. And it was really at that moment of beginning to understand that if I can't be content with what God has given me right now, why would he ever give me anything else? And so that I think that began the shift. There's more to the journey of like it's it's like, okay, so if this is in God's book, and that's one of the things that's always resonated with us, is like the truth of scripture. So if we can sit inside of, okay, if that's what scripture says, then I'm gonna trust that and see what God does with it. And so it was in the seeing with what God did with it that probably convicted me more. But that was the beginning. That's what cracked the door open was I don't own anything, and I need to be content with exactly where God has placed us. It was the verse, everything in the heavens and earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. And uh, that was the verse that we learned for the week two. And Eric would get to the point where he would remind himself. He would say, everything in the heaven and the earth is his. You know, it isn't mine. But, yeah, that was the moment. Yeah, that, that was the shift. It's not the <clears throat> what then comes after that, which gets to be fun, is the story of how God played it out. But that was the that was where it started to shift. So before we move forward, you guys bring up a great point. There's a lot of business owners out there doing business alone. 
And you guys just communicated that this mindset shift came from being a part of community. Mm. You got a part of a community, and within that community, there was a curriculum yep. based on the word of God. And from the setting that curriculum, it gave you a, a new revelation and desire for contentment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so what so. would you say to business owners, couples out there right now who are struggling with just feeling alone? You know, they're building their business, but they don't have community. Like how important, can you speak to how important it is to have people along the journey with you that can give you different perspective? Yeah. I mean, I guess my first comment would be, you're not the only person feeling that way because we've even yes, in running. It's just a- like when you're raising your teenagers and they all say, I'm the only one. That's how you feel as a business owner. You feel like I am the only one in Sunday school that isn't taking a paycheck so I can pay my people. Or I'm the only one who is feeling this way. And you aren't. <laughs> yeah. My teenager isn't the only one. And you as a business owner are not the only one. And, and that alone feeling, Satan wants to separate us from people. Mm. He wants us to be, he wants to be like the lion taking out the antelope, you know, yep. get it separate. And um, that aloneness is, is not of God. He wants us to have that community to lean on others. And I mean, we just talk about it briefly. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time here because there's, there's so much fun stuff in the story. But that's the reason why even inside of Kingdom ROI and the business side of what we've done, Angel and I have recognized that we've worked on bringing business couples together because there's not a whole lot of resources out there for business couples to come into community. And so that's really become a passion of ours um, is how do we get business owners into community? Because you do run into that thing like Angel's even talking about, like, my man, if I can't, you know, if I'm having trouble making payroll or something's going on with an employee, how do I get my Sunday school to pray for that? Mm. When my when my person is in the class or right. at the church or you know, that's and so difficult. authentic community is super super important and seeking that out. And but the only thing I would also tell other business owners out there, so not just a commercial for us, we started out just inviting other business owners to come to dinner. Actually, this all started when a friend of ours, the wife of a business owner, ended up on my front porch crying, and mm. I looked at Eric and said, "We got to do something here." Yeah, you know. Um, we had each other, but we needed more. We had sought out help, but we didn't have a community locally, and we really needed that. Now we've come to understand that we don't need it locally so much. We just need authentic relationships however we can find them. But I would encourage, I mean, if you're a business owner out there listening and you're like, man, I feel this all resonates with me. I feel all of this. Well, be the first person to take a step. Get together and, and bring together some other business owners because everybody's feeling it. You're not. Yes. <laughs> Even the guy who looks like he's got it all together, I promise you, he's feeling the loneliness of not having community. It's it's one of the things that I really, we're passionate about going forward is trying to create more community for business owner couples. There's plenty of community for business owners. Yes. What there's not is communi- community for the couple together as a, as wow. a unit. That's a good point. Good yeah. point. So you went to this small group, this Bible study. Crown Financial, got exposed to that curriculum. Now your mind is open to contentment. So what's the next part of the journey? When did you get to the next level of learning about well, so this return is, on intention? This is like probably, I, I, we're going to probably like 10 times to be like, this is my favorite part. <laughs> so this is my first favorite part. How about that? Um, it really was God being faithful and showing up. So Angel is pregnant with Clayton. Our oldest. Our oldest. Um, 
I have found my passion in my business. This doesn't matter too much. I took a $20,000 pay cut and lost a company car to go work inside the financial services industry. Um, I'd worked in retail, um, grocery retail before. And anyway, it doesn't matter. But I'd taken a big pay cut. And so she's pregnant with Clayton and we're praying. It's like, we really feel like God wants Angel to stay home. And so we're pulling out our crown budget and we're working through the budget and we're $200 short every single month mm. on paper. Yes. And like, okay, well, I don't know how to do this, but God says we're going to, we're going to be faithful and we're going to obey what he says to do. Um, so God, you're going to have to show up. And the only rule that we both agreed on was that the very first check we would write would be a tithe would be our offering. And it would say, thank you, God. <laughs> it would. Yeah. It would. And so I'll let you tell the other side of the story, but that was the agreement was like, that's, that's how we were going to walk into that season. So Eric took the pay cut. Really, we we're living on because he took a, it was more like $30,000 pay cut and I stopped teaching. So we're living basically on you know, half of what we were living on before. Mm -hmm. And so Eric is the king of spreadsheets. Y'all, all the tabs. Okay. Yes, he is. And, and he <laughs> made it all. And no matter how he did it, we were $200 short every month. Like it, there was no way to make it work. And I just, I just said, you know what? We're just going to go out there and we're going to do this. So we did it. And um, we never, mm -mm. we never missed out. We never um, had the problem. Everything timed out wonderful. Eric would get, like, he worked at a call center then, and he would get, like, an on-the-spot um, gift card yeah. or something to, like, make everything work. Like, it was crazy how all that would go. And I remember Clayton needed a car seat. Yep. And uh, we didn't have a car seat, and we didn't really know that many people. Mm. And so we didn't have, like, a big shower or anything like that. And so um, – he got this crazy $250 gift card to this insane thing called the internet. <laughs> we didn't even know what the internet was. Like and what a, year was this? This was 2000. 2000. 2000. Yeah. And so, I mean, we knew what the internet was, but like you didn't use it the way you do it now. I mean, like. Not shopping. No, all I do is shop on the internet now. And so um, we got a car seat that way, but God provided. And we paid back $7,000 mm -hmm. in debt that year. Wow. In addition to never missing out, God was faithful. And it, it just was amazing. Mm -hmm. um, and and I'm not going to say we never, like, missed anything. I mean, our grocery budget was, like, $25 a week. I'm not kidding. Like, <laughs> right, and we right. were, like, buying diapers. So um, it was – it. we ate a lot of cheap food. We did. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Our diet wasn't all that healthy, but <laughs> no, I mean – No, 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 no. I'm still probably paying for some of that. <laughs> So, but God was faithful, and it was beautiful, and it was so exciting to see God be faithful through that journey. Well, but it also is the place, don't forget, where we fell in love with giving, because although we'd been in part of that Bible study, I think we were, there was some, we may not remember correctly inside of here. I think the order of this is getting a little out of whack. Well, I mean, it's okay. been 25 years, um, but <laughs> 22. All of it happened, maybe not exactly. <laughs> um, but... There was a point at which we were doing our tithing and our giving, and we didn't, it wasn't directly to the church, and we were getting in all the stuff that bugs you in the mail. But we would take like the, the local women's shelter and um, Habitat for Humanity and things like that, and we would take that mail and pray over where God wanted us to give. 
Wow. And then use that to direct where we were giving. And that's also where we fell in love with giving because we were having a ton of fun. Like we're going to buy a door and we're going to buy five Thanksgiving meals and, you know, just things like that. that Buying diapers. I think we could only buy half a door. (laughs) Probably. Right. So I have to bring this up because somebody's listening saying that how could you live so generously when you're not sure what's going to happen financially? You know, a lot of people's minds just doesn't go to generosity when they, you know, are $200 short. Well, I mean, so come back to what we learned. Everything is God's. Mm. And can you be content with where I am? And then inside of um, Malachi, there's actually a scripture that talks about the tithe, which is 10%. Mm -hmm. And God says, test me in this and basically see what happens. Um, And it's the only place, for those of you who don't know, it's the only place in Scripture that God says, test him. So we're $200 short, and it's like, all right, it's an invitation, right? I guess we're just going to test you. Um, And then he started showing up. And when you watch the little silly bonus that shows up or the contest or the – I mean, I think of all the silly little things that I won, the opportunities that I got that were just silly. I mean, it was just like, where did that – God did that, right? But when you start to see that happen – then it's like, okay, well, he said, test it. Okay, well, so let's see what happens now. Okay, let's see what happens now. And I think that that really started feeding the generosity. And as we get into it here a little bit more, then like that's what's just, that's continued our journey because it's the generosity component, I think, that has unlocked the kingdom of God on the rest of our life. You want to know what has unlocked return on intention? It's being aligned with him and his generosity. And and I go back to the idea that we, you know, it, the scripture that everybody knows is for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He gave at his heart. God is a giver. That's God is generous. So he created us in his image. So the goal then is that we turn, we become more like him every single day. So why did it work? And why did we fall in love with it? Because we were just becoming like our creator in being generous. And then he, wow, he showed up and took care of us. Wow. That's so good. So you're in the financial services industry. Yep. And then something begins to stir to start a business. Is that the no, next? No, not yet. Not okay. yet. There's one just real quick story that happens inside of here. Um, so I'm in the financial services industry maybe for a year and a half, two years. And we are trying to get back to Texas. We're trying to get back to family. We're trying to get back home. We're still living in Arizona. Yeah, we're still living in Arizona. We want to raise our family closer. We want to raise our family in Texas. God had a different plan, but that's what we wanted to do. Um, and an opportunity came up that was typically for people who had been in the financial services industry for five to 10 plus years, um, working for a pretty big organization. And I caught the eye in the ear of the hiring manager. And he'd been working like two years. Yeah. And I've been in the business like two years. Um, and he eventually calls me up one day. He goes, Hey, I cannot get you to Texas, but we made the wrong hire in the new Orleans area. And if you will go to new Orleans, I've got an opportunity for you there. And I think we could hang out. We could talk a lot about the story about Angel not wanting to go to New Orleans and everything like that. I want to make sure we have enough time to really put the God picture on what he did. But that job, that move, doubled our salary? At least. Wow. Or more? Within, and this is not God's a genie, rub the bottle, whatever. I'm just going to tell you, when we surrendered to generosity, within a year to a year and a half of that, my salary doubled. Wow. I would say, too, that a key component of this generosity is the gratitude that comes with it. Yeah. We, 
you don't give without feeling thankful. Mm. You don't, um, when you give, uh, my Johnny, my grandfather used to say, whenever you feel horrible, you find someone that feels more horrible and you go help <laughs> them smile. That's good. And um, the honest truth is that when you're giving to someone else, you realize what God's given you. You realize what you've been given and you're filled with gratitude. And so to me, the generosity and the gratitude are intrinsically linked and an important part of this. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. I don't remember what the question was. Sorry. Well, he was asking about um, us deciding to start our own business. So I'll oh. fast forward a little bit. So we've yeah. been here. That's wild. We, we'd been here for a little while. Um, Austin. Like two kids later. <laughs> Austin was born here. Um, and Angel is pregnant with Grayson. Things are not going the way that I thought they were going to go inside of working for this company. And I start feeling this nudge of God saying, hey, you need to go out on your own. So because of that, and we had been living well on a budget, we just started saving money because you never know what's going to happen when you go out on your own. So we're saving up money and, and saving. And we got to a season where it was, it was time. It was time. We lived through Katrina here in New Orleans. I, again, God just kept favoring us and blessing us. I was the number one representative within the whole company that year, the year before I left because of some things that had happened. Um, and again, I just felt God nudging me that, hey, you need to really go. I've got a different calling. I've got a different way that I want you to do this. And so you're going to need to go out on your own. And so we got to the point that, yeah, it was time. It was time to mm-hmm. go. It was November of 2007. Um, if any of you remember 2007, 2008, we're going to just kind of put another God pin on this. What an incredibly awful time going right into the Great Recession right. for God to call somebody to start a business. Crazy. But that was, that was the, how we ended up there. So we end up in Louisiana raising our family, um, and then it's time. It's time to go open the business. Wow. So faith step after faith step with God. Yeah. God's calling you into the unknown. You feel this nudge because somebody may be asking, well, how does God speak to you? But there was just something on the inside of you saying that it was time. Yeah. And there was peace about it, yeah. even though there was a level of uncertainty. You didn't know what was coming <laughs> next, right? I think that when you see God, when you make take a chance and mm. you see God reward it over and over in the little things, and then it feels like you take a bigger step and and he rewards you again. And, and you not reward financially, just that you feel peace, that you get through that situation, that there's beauty on the other side. Yes. You're willing to take a bigger step. For lack of a better word, even though we're like in the financial environment, you're reckless about it. Mm-hmm. Because wow. you are recklessly faithful. You're taking a bigger step every time because you believe in your heart that he's going to be there. Yeah. Wow. I think the one thing about the journey of faith is God will expand your faith as much as you'll give him the opportunity to. Exactly. That's right? a quotable. <laughs> Type that in in Facebook. There you go. Right. God will expand your faith as much as you'll allow him to. So, like, I don't have strong enough faith. Okay, so God, ask God to expand your faith. You know what the challenge with that is? He's going to bring you hardship. Mm. He's going to bring you into moments that only he could show up, only he could do what he's going to do, because then that expands your faith. And then he's going to ask you the question is, do you trust me? And then you've got to sit in the moment of trusting him while you're in the middle of all the chaos and the storm and being what looks completely reckless. The story doesn't come until the end. I mean, everything that we learn about Jesus, 
you know, even looking at his crucifixion on day one and day two, the story looks like it's over and it's awful. In the middle of those moments, the story looks terrible. It's not until the resurrection and then looking backwards that the story makes all the sense in the world. So you never know where you are in the. Wow. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners, you're used to taking calculated risks being business owners. That's what you do, right? At some level. But what I hear uh, Eric and Angel describing is that it's not just a calculated risk. It's faith in a person and it's faith in a word mm-hmm. and a desire that this God has put in your heart. Yep. You know, so it's, it's relationship based, not just what you know and what you think based. That's exactly right. Wow. So what's next in this journey? You step out. And it doesn't take long for the story to take a quick turn. Yeah, like Eric's in fetal position, <laughs> like under his desk, the market's falling. Well, I mean, not just that, but I mean, we went out our own November. That hasn't happened yet. November 2007, <laughs> we go out on our own. I start getting cease and desist letters from my former employer, oh. lawsuits, mm-hmm. everything else. Within a week, I want to say, of us going out on our go- own, I'm in some prayer time and I sense God going, hey, um, is this your deal or my deal? I'm like what? Right. So is this? Are you getting the glory out of this, or am I getting the glory out of this? Hmm. Well, well, you're getting the glory out of this. Okay. So if it's my deal, you save too much money. If it's your deal, you're fine. If it's my deal, you've got too much money in the savings account. By the at the same time, lawsuits and cease and desist and everything else are coming in. Wow. And so I went to Angel. I'm like, you need to pray. Because I'm getting a sense that God's telling us something. I need you to go look at it. Um, my sense was we were supposed to give away half of what we'd saved. Um, an angel can tell her own side of that story, but it was just, it was, it was, it was scary. It was scary. So Eric came and told me, my general feeling in life is if God tells you something, you know, it, you just kind of need to do it, right? Like, I, I don't want to be Jonah and Nineveh. Like, he's going to get you one way or the other. Like, so, but this one, this was a doozy. So I told Eric, okay, you know, I'll pray over it. And and so I'm praying. And y'all, I could not escape Gideon. Mm. Like, I swear to you, I would open my Bible and there would be Gideon. And, and God is saying, you have too many guys. You need to get rid of some of your guys. We're going to do all this stuff, and we're going to defeat these people, but you need mm. less people. Okay? And so I'm reading it. I'm going, yes, Lord, I hear what you're saying. Mm. Right? And so then um, the kids would bring me a storybook. It's a story of Gideon. <laughs> I can't get away from him. I open my Bible like I open to the back to avoid the beginning where Gideon is. You know, they're referencing Gideon, y'all. <laughs> like, I knew without a doubt that that is what we were supposed to do, that it was for God's glory. And it had to be so impossible and so crazy that no one could ever look at it and say, y'all save money for like a year, so that's why you're okay. Wow. You know, Mm -hmm. and so we did it. We did. Eric wrote a check. His hand was very, very shaky. Oh, my goodness, that was so shaky. So I I think even the person we gave it to was like, you're doing what? Like they (laughs) thought we were crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but God was faithful. Yeah. We saw him do it again. Bring us through. And so, um, yeah, so that happens. And then we, um, 
I mean, within two, it took two years to settle the lawsuit. I want to kind of bring the end of this. You go back to what God, it's all about faith and, and obeying God. I, here's what happens. When we finally get to the legal matter of solving this issue between my former employer and myself, um, their key witness gets up on the stand and starts giving their testimony about why I'm in the wrong. And my attorney picks up a sheet of paper and he says, hey, I'm looking at what you're saying here. But if I look at this paragraph here and this here and this column over here, this really doesn't mean that, does it? The key witness picks up the paper and goes, you know what? You're right. It doesn't mean that. Wow. Yeah. So when you talk about, you go back to Gideon, if you read the story of Gideon, what it talks about is there was confusion in the camp of the enemy that led to the victory. Yes. So our obedience caused confusion in the camp. Mm. And when it was all said and done, I had to pay a small fine. Um, and Essentially got, what it would cost to buy a practice. Honestly. Yeah, what it would have cost us to buy a business of the size that we had. I mean, which is pretty reasonable. And God provided all the revenue to do it. That's amazing. It is pretty amazing. So faith is not always a pretty journey. Oh, no. my gosh. There's there tears. There's sleepless them, nights. There's like what's happening, what's going on. But overall, it was like God is with us. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it took two forward. years to go to go to the trial. It was, it was an arbitration. But, I mean, it took two years to get there. This is a frustrating. Why is this taking two years? Why would it take two years? It was just enough time for God to provide some other revenue and some things to pay the fine. He provided all the money to pay the fine within like a month. But it wow. was the timing of that lining up. Yes. So you guys maintained gratitude, generosity. Yeah even in the toughest part of that journey. Well, there was when things didn't no, make sense. no other option, really. Like we had seen what happens when you right. do that. So why would you do anything else? Yeah. Wow. You know, every now and then Eric says, I knew if I tried to do something else with that money, you would, you would get mad at me, <laughs> you know? And, but the truth is that's the deal. That's it. It's okay that you um, occasionally have doubts and you're looking mm -hmm. to the other person and you're leaning on their strength or their conviction, you yeah. know, because, because sometimes I have to lean on Eric's, you know, so it just depends. But we knew that that was the path we were supposed to take. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's your rational side versus your faith side. I mean, there's a many times, and I could tell you some other stories just of where we are. We're going to run out of time here soon, but we have about 10 minutes, but um, – there are many times on that that all you're doing is planting the seed of faith. We talked about faith mm -hmm. and that be faith being the thing that you're growing. And it's like, like, I can't, it's not only angel. I knew you'd be upset, but it's like, what if God withdraws his favor over everything that he's done? If I withhold wow. planting that seed of faith, what, what faith journey am I not expanding? What am I not learning by withholding my trust and where he's already shown? Like he's never let me down. He hasn't missed anything. Like there, I can't look back and go, well, the God, you you missed it there. No, I mean every single point he's showed up. So why would I be unfaithful to someone who keeps showing up? That's amazing. That's powerful. Yeah. So I'm going to jump ahead a little bit since we have ten minutes left. Yep. And we talked about the importance of community and how there were certain peoples and groups of people that have encouraged you in your journey. And I know your story, Eric. There was a specific moment with a particular coach. Yeah. That challenged you, that addressed a mindset that you held on to. Tell us about that. Well, let me, I'm going to just, I'm going to fast forward the story real quick, but I want to, we're going to get to the point. We're going to, we're going to probably fast forward about 10 years 
But I do want you to know that during that 10-year period, we had seasons where we were flush with cash. And then we had seasons where we, like I was even cashing out 401k, keep the lights on, keep the business running. We bought other businesses. We Mm. did that. We were completely faithful to everything that we were doing. But one thing I want to add to the story that has been amazing, again, as we look back, even at the point that we wrote our last check to keep the lights on, no one ever took a pay cut working for me. We never let anybody go. They didn't. Well, yeah, no, we went like a year and a half without taking a paycheck. But, but the other thing inside of that was you go to God's manna, just enough for today. Yes. Our kids went to private school. We never, we had all the money we needed for private school. We had all the money we needed for vacations. We had all the money, like all the money we needed for clothes. We had all the, we weren't eating rice and beans. And I mean, it's like, it's crazy to look back and go, we had more than enough for what we, you go, God, give us our day, this daily bread. He gave us all the daily bread that we needed. He gave us our clothes. He gave, you know, Matthew six talking about look at the birds of the air and everything that they have and our story is one over and over again and so so many times return on investment mindset is about how much i have on my balance sheet wow right yeah and return on intention is no where's god going to show up because i've watched my balance sheet go to i mean i guess the business is worth something but my cash on hand and everything goes go to zero Mm. well at the same time i look at my circumstances and god's given me everything i need and then he restores things back and we've been flush at it. But the, but the consistency of that story, before I go into this last little part, it really is generosity. Hmm. Everything on our journey has been about planting that seed of generosity in the middle of what we're doing and then letting God, trusting God with what he's going to do with the rest. I mean, my, my favorite verse, my life verse is seek for Matthew 6, 33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Well, all these things is food and shelter and everything that we worry about. And my my life is evidence of that. And again, not to say it hasn't been scary. It hasn't been nights of tears. There haven't there been sleepless nights. I've doubted God. We've doubted God. We, I mean, this is <laughs> rocky all the way, but he's been faithful. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So four years ago— we're in a we're in one of the seasons I think of not taking a paycheck. Yes. Um, and because I'm now working out of my flesh, hugely desperate, trying to figure out how we're going to get out of this. And I don't know if just I rationalized it. I feel like at times you rationalized some of it too, of my being on the road was okay, because um, I was on the road so much trying to speak and see people and get opportunities for business and. God was providing, but it wasn't, there wasn't extra. It was hard. And there was a point I was on the road 20 of 28 days in a February. 21 of 28. 21 of 28 days in a February. Um, And I like to use the excuse um, that I had four of those days. I was on college tours with Clayton. (laughs) So, but the, the typical lie of the man is I'm doing it all for my family. Yeah. Everybody's suffering. But I'm, this is all for my family, so it's going to be okay. And I had a gentleman who has become an incredible friend of mine um, at an experience that I went to called Warrior Week who asked me the question. He said, why do you hate your family? Mm. And I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, well, I'm just going to tell you. He's like, who owns your business? I'm like, well, I, I own my business. We get into the God site. God owns my business. I get there. But like, I, I, who sets your travel schedule? Well, I set my travel schedule. Okay, he was like, I just have never known a man who's been gone for 20 of 28 days that didn't hate his family. So tell me again, why do you hate your family? 21 of 28. 
um, was a gut punch. Like, he helped me see something that I wasn't even seeing. Like, I didn't hate my family, but my behavior, right? And take, take all of this, understand, right? Even in the middle of understanding faith and understanding who God is, we still can then fall back on our flesh and our reliance on ourselves. It's easy. The world makes it easy to chase the return on investment side of that. God was providing everything we needed. I was chasing something else. Do what? You wanted more. I wanted more. You go back to that that seed of wanting to be rich. I, I, I sometimes those things are hard to cut off. Yeah. Um. So Sam said to me, he goes, "Look, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go home. I want you to work out in the morning. I want you to spend time with God. I want you to spend time with Angel and the kids. I want you to not go into the office till nine or ten a.m. and get off the road. Get somebody else on the road for three months. Like you're crazy." But I went home and I did it and God started showing up and God's favor was on it because what I realized is I was living in a kingdom flow. Again, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to me. And I had lost the view of the kingdom flow. And so my word for all the business owners, and I'll let Angel kind of add on to this here. But my word to all the business owners is, is when you think you're too busy, I don't have enough time. I'm doing it for my family and all that. Like take a step back. I would tell you to take a challenge. Uh, you can reach out to me. I call it the 30 day growth challenge, but it's just to take a challenge and trust God at what he's saying and then watch what he does. Because what I discovered was when I started letting go, as opposed to holding on so tight, like it was kind of like the thing that happened when we moved here, like our income doubled. And I'm not saying things, but things got easier. I was holding on so tight and making it harder. And God's flow, when I started working and walking inside of that, actually started making it easier. Wow. And I would say relationships yeah. benefit. And I mean, how could they not? Like if you're not there, how can you be in relationship with someone? How can you shepherd your kids? How can you be there for them if you're not there? So being willing to take a step back made, while it helped financially, it also tremendously helped the home. Yeah. yeah. Made the home be what we wanted it to be. Yeah, and it... It's amazing, too. You can say that things are too far gone. It doesn't mean that things change overnight. But I believe it's been five years now since I went to Warrior Week. And my relationships with my kids are in a completely different place. My relationship with Angel is in a completely different place. And at the same time, um, I've watched God's provision inside a business be in a place. Like, I'm totally amazed. If you would have told me five years ago what God would be doing now, I would have, like, laughed at you. Um, and, and we're in a place and it all comes back to return on intention. What do I want to be intentional about? And God will, be, God will favor that plant the seeds of faith around intention and God will take care of the rest of it. If we just trust him to do it. Yeah. And what I've heard from your story, thank you for sharing that and being so vulnerable about the high moments, but also the low moments and the moments that really just require faith. But what I hear from you is that Throughout the whole journey, you prioritized relationships Mm -hmm. with God, first of all. He's the one that brought you on that gratitude journey and was giving you faith for the next steps and provision for the next steps. But then also your marriage and your family. Mm -hmm. You know, so the temptation, I would say, is the temptation always there? 
Oh yeah. To pursue higher return on investment. So yeah, I, w- I want to let everybody listening know that that temptation may not go anywhere, but just because you have the temptation for it doesn't mean you have to submit to it. You well, can- I mean, yeah, I mean, it's always there. I think the thing is when you get into the moment of rest of in and you start to see the pe- like the desire goes down. Well, I don't want to be as exhausted and worn out as I was over there. So like there right. is a desire and a peace once you learn to sit in the rhythm of intention. It's true contentment. Yeah. True contentment. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, we're at the end of our show, and I just want to thank Eric and Angel for sharing their story and kicking off the Kingdom ROI podcast, the Kingdom Return on an Intention podcast, episode 81. Slash one. Slash one. (laughs) So for all you listening, uh, we're looking for more stories. If you're a business owner and you have a story to tell that that you can uh, say that you have experienced a return on intention journey in your own life. We would love to hear those experiences. So feel free uh, to reach out. Uh, you can find some information on our website, Kingdom ROI.org. O-R-G. O-R-G, like yeah. the, the monster or I guess it's a corny joke. But thank you for joining us. This is episode 81-1 of the Kingdom Return on Intention podcast. Have a great day. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining me for the Kingdom ROI Return on Intention podcast. If you're a business owner or a family who recognizes that what you're doing in your family's living room matters more than what you do in the boardroom or advisor's conference rooms, you're open to sharing the ups and downs of the journey and would like to be a guest on the show, then I'd like to invite you to apply by visiting our website, www.kingdomroi.org. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show, and they mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, www.kingdomroi.org, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. This is Eric L. Dunavant, the Kingdom ROI Strategist, signing off. Until next time.